0: You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource.
1: With home prices and interest rates up dramatically these past two years, does it still make sense to acquire real estate today? In some cases, the cash flow is so low and sometimes non-existent. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Well Show. A lot of people think we've reached a peak in home prices and they're waiting for prices to drop. Our guest today thinks waiting is a big mistake and that the opposite will happen. The prices will actually continue to rise. Jimmy Vreeland is not an economist. He's an investor who has owned over 100 rental homes over the past decade. Jimmy is a 2003 graduate from the United States Military Academy at West Point and Army Black Knight football alumni. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan and managed to start building his real estate portfolio while in the military. And he's here today to tell us why he's still buying. So Jimmy, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I'm so excited to have you here because I think you can give me and our audience some insight on what people are doing today with interest rates rising and home prices rising and you know does it still make sense to acquire single family homes or 1 to 4 units at this time what what would you say to that
0: i have always felt this way about real estate you don't wait to time the market you don't wait to buy real estate you buy real estate and then you wait
1: yep that is a that i i go by that motto as well however in some cases let let's take you for example you're in the midwest it's not yep. typically a growth market, so it's always been a place where people go to get cash flow. But yep. that's not really on the table right now, right? I mean, or is it? Are you still finding properties that cash flow?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still on the table. I wouldn't advise anyone to buy houses that they have to like uh, feed cash into every month. But you know, the the one percent rule, like, no, if your buying criteria it demands that you buy one percent houses where. The purchase price is a hundred times rent. Like you're just going to be waiting.
1: Yeah, and that's why I'm rewriting my book. Oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, my book, "Retire Rich Rentals." I I put that in there. The, the the that model of you know try to have your rents come in at, at the one percent roll. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that was always what we were doing. If if you bought a hundred thousand dollar house, you hope the rents come in at one thousand. Yeah, and uh, but that really never even made sense then because it all you know what about taxes and insurance? I mean, every place is different. So it, yeah. just, you're just talking about gross rents, but uh, but that was kind of a general rule back then. That again, that was 15 years ago. Even 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 7 years ago 5 years ago that m- might have made sense but again I'm, I'm rewriting the book because people come to us and say i can't find anything at the 1% rules i'm not going to buy anything at all right so in a cash flow market like you're in what do you do when you're not when, when cash flows are changing
0: well here's how i've always hated about the turnkey market and selling in the turnkey market is i have to sell based off cash flow day one and this is a long term asset with you know, for most buyers who aren't buying cash, they have fixed interest rates for 30 years. Like, is this a phenomenal cash flowing investment? It is. But the cash flow hits because rents rise and your cost of capital stays the same for 30 years. And so what I saw happening is a bunch of people not buying who, if they have bought five years ago, they would have the cash flow they wanted. So a bunch of people are getting upset because the pro forma doesn't say cash flow today when they're missing the boat on all the cash flow they're going to get for 30 years. And so for me, the the interest rate rise has been kind of good because the pressure's off for me because I always felt this pressure that I got to show so much cash flow in year one, which is if you bought rentals, if you own them long enough, you know, that's the hardest year. And so now I'm, you know, I'm straight up lowering the expectation of year one cash flow, but being like, Look what you get over the course of 10 years with, with especially with inflation now, like you're almost guaranteeing appreciation. So, and single family rentals between appreciation, cash flow, the ability to use leverage and taxes, the way I do the math, it's like, it's a 30% IRR year after year. And I could go deeper into those numbers if you want me to. Let's
1: go deeper into those numbers because one of the things you said that kind of caught my attention is the first year's the hardest. What do you mean by that?
0: The first year is the hardest. It's like you don't, it's a new tenant. They haven't, it's like a any other, like a car. Like you buy a new car off the lot. There's always going to be something that rattles or ranks. You got to break it in a little bit, right? Same thing with a freshly rehabbed house. Like you got to break it in. Like, how many houses have you had where like it passes all municipal inspections, it passes all third party inspection, tenant moves in and immediately they have a maintenance expense, right? And the, the buyer could be like, how could you not see this in the initial scope? And it's like, because like, this is a house with human beings and that these things happen. And it's old. And it's so. 60 years old. Yeah. And like my contractor is not living there and taking a shower in there three weeks in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, of course, I've had issues five years later, right? I mean, you you, houses need repair, that's why you've got to calculate that in your pro, pro forma. How, how well, I much mean, do you-
0: I would you know, argue that's why you have to not care. Here's my, here's, let me do some some math that, I, that I'm let's running. Let's
1: do some math. You know how bad people are at math. So let, let's just do some math, but hey, people are driving, listening to this. They're yeah. multitasking. So keep it simple.
0: I listen to your podcast while I'm working out. So I All hope you're right. right now. If you're listening to this, you're in a deep squat. Don't squat during this because this number could alarm you. Oh, I don't want you to fall over and tear okay. an ACL. Good, but good to since, let know. Since 1950, the median home price of any house in the United States has doubled every 20 years. To yeah. include the Great Crash of 2008, between 2000 and 2020, home prices still doubled. Like you know, everybody has scars from 2008, but at the end of the day, it was a blip. Everybody who had stayed in the game and was liquid enough was fine by 2011. And then their investment still doubled. So here's the quick math. I know it's not crazy exciting like buying a tech stock, but consistent appreciation over the long term is very exciting, even if it's 5% a year. So let's say you have a $100,000 house. What's your actual cash investment? Twenty. Okay. And let's say it appreciates five grand. What's your rate of return?
1: Yeah. It's 25%. twenty five percent. Twenty five. It's it's gonna be more than twenty thousand, right? Because you got closing
0: costs. But but let's but close no, no, no I argue with sell- buyers oh, all the time. Oh you
1: got me. All right, tell me what what am I your doing? Closing wrong with my costs
0: balance? you need to amortize over the course of 30 years because that's a one time expense that you pay for the life of the investment. So you just put it in the loan. Yeah, and you put it well. Accounting wise, you amortize that expense mm. over the course of thirty. That's so twenty five hundred bucks in closing costs is a is a ticket to the game, and you spend thirty years in that game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So e- even in my pro forma, I put the closing costs because people are sticklers. But like, don't not do a deal because of closing costs.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Okay, but so, so let's say you you still got to pay them. So you're putting twenty three thousand dollars. Into that hundred thousand dollar property, and if you're making, yeah. uh, you know, five thousand at a five percent appreciation rate in a midwestern area, uh, that's still a pretty darn
0: good return. You know, try that's to find it. Twenty five percent return.
1: Yeah, yeah. Try to find I mean, that anywhere. That's else. the power
0: of leverage. Yeah,
1: and it's not crypto that will just disappear overnight.
0: Crypto is great. Like you know, I there's a lot of strategy, cool strategies I'm seeing coming out. Leveraging crypto and real estate together, but the thing that stinks about crypto is, uh, what do you have to do to, in order to get a return? I hope. No, you have to sell it.
1: Oh, you got to sell it.
0: Yeah, and then you got to play the game. What I love about real estate is you're getting these returns, you're getting this cash flow, and you don't have to sell the asset. Then you don't have to do the due diligence to buy another asset.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially over time, you can refi. And tap into that equity gain. Uh, let's say after ten years, uh, if, if it kept appreciating at that rate, after ten years, there's there's a bucket of money there that you can you can tap into, refi, and go buy some more.
0: And you have seventy years of data saying, hey, a five percent. This is before the government like really heated up the printing press by you know pr- printing a third of the money supply in the last two years. That's what just regular government irresponsibility.
1: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is you've got you've got a lot of people on YouTube with their fancy YouTube channels and editors and fancy lighting and all that um, predicting a a crash a real estate crash coming. I constantly hear people in the notes of my shows saying, "How can you promote real estate when the market's about to crash?" and so forth. And yet, you're saying that we're looking at inflation and appreciation over the coming years. So, how do you how do you say? that we're going to see prices continue to rise when you've got these YouTube experts saying that we got a crash coming.
0: Do you, are these YouTube experts actually have skin in the game, like own assets?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but, but you know, that's, I, mean, I could what... go
0: on YouTube and convince you the sky's purple.
1: <laughs> I'm really just kidding about that. But if right. you go anywhere, if, if you just, sit down in the park and someone sit, sits down next to you, they're going to talk about this wild and crazy housing market. And they're going to talk about how they can't wait for prices to go down so they could finally buy real estate. What, no what would you way. say? To
0: them? <laughs> no way. Because of the hedge funds. Like the hedge funds come into the game is that wasn't happening in 08. So let's say there's a 10% decrease in price. What is every hedge fund on earth going to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Buy everything.
1: They're already buying everything as much as they can
0: at the prices. We are now like I, I to get a house from a hedge fund and we sell houses to hedge funds, but like when we compete with hedge funds, it's like, you got to do a, these guys are creating the, if you're a turnkey buyer, you could be frustrated by the hedge funds that they're driving up prices, but I would say they're your ally. They're providing the floor for your investment. Hmm. Say more. Just like I said, let's say there's a 5% decrease in price. Dude, what am I? If there's a 5% decrease in, in price, do you know what I'm going to personally do? Buy. Everything. <laughs> I, do you know what BlackRock's going to do? Yeah. Buy everything. If there's a 10% decrease, do you know what I'm going to do?
1: <laughs> Probably buy, buy a everything. few more.
0: <laughs> you know what BlackRock's going to do? They're going to buy 100 times what I'm going to buy. So there's a floor to this market. There's no way. Now, yeah. what I do think is gonna happen is there's gonna be a price leveling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like this the since the interest rate rise, I've had a, here's my conclusion. Are you ready for it?
1: I'm I'm I am ready, right, but I don't know if we finished the math. Do we finish? We'll get the back math? to the math. Okay. We'll get back to the math. All right.
0: <laughs> We're gonna go from crazy stupid to just stupid.
1: Okay. Let's go to let's go to stupid and then go back to crazy stupid. Yeah.
0: So I think we're going to go back to like what it looked like in 2019 as far as like being able to get houses, being able to do certain things. Okay. But like, uh, people on YouTube may be saying like 2008 and you know, I never speculate, I never predict, but I just, you know, I I don't necessarily see that being the first thing that happens.
1: Do you, do you mean when you say things will go back to 2019, are you talking about sales volume?
0: You're talking about pricing? Yes. Sales volume. I'm talking about inventory. I'm talking about sales value. I'm talking about the the rate of price appreciation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so often people just read the headlines and a big one that confuses people is the Case Shiller Index because that's that's old data. That's three-month-old data. So it'll be June and you're talking about what is that? Uh, April? No, March. Yeah. You know, March. I mean, it, interest rates hadn't even gone up in March, and yet in June you'll have a headline about home you know, prices, and people are just super confused, uh, and and they're just confused when they see sales have dropped, and they they're thinking prices have dropped, but no, it's just sales because there's not enough inventory. So you've really got to dive in and understand what you're looking at. Read the article, not just the headline, and even the article is probably not correct. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of people trying to predict things that don't have, that don't have an economic background and, or just don't study it. Don't understand it. Aren't boots on the street. Don't see what's going on.
0: So I would never try to, that's not why you invest in real estate. You're investing for the the long term. Like I bought that houses in 2007, 2008. And as long as I was liquid, liquid enough to make the payments, they all turned out to be great investments.
1: That's great. Yeah, that's really comforting for people who didn't go through that and are scared because they don't want to go through that.
0: But yeah, then they give up all the benefits of it. Like there is, there's, you don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.
1: Yeah, but it's got to be good real estate because you don't want to sit on a property that's not renting for the 10, 20, 30 years that you're holding it. So
0: no, it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be managed well. It's got to be in a, I would never buy D class. It's got to be in good working class neighborhoods
1: yeah I'm with you there, especially because you you know you we want to have it for the the long term, so it needs to be a good solid quality prop property. yeah let's go back to the math you you were going to blow my mind, so okay, let's do so we we're,
0: we're already at twenty five percent cash and cash return on just appreciation so what i I do think you can expect now instead of ten percent appreciation, I think seven is mm-hmm. very doable for most turnkey providers in the midwest mm-hmm. So we're at 32% right there. And then if you're in a 35% tax bracket, throw on another 6% for tax savings year after year. Hmm. And then you also have the tenant paying down your mortgage, which there's another 5% right there. I mean, that's real money, especially when you hold it for 10 years.
1: Yeah, I hadn't really reverse analyzed it that way in terms of percentages, but that what you just said, it, it can happen and work in any single market. Unless it's not an appreciating market, but then you need to just take the seven percent out of that. But then all the other things, all the well, other benefits are still there.
0: However, with the government but with the government printing money the way it is, like it could it's going to appreciate. It may not give you any more buying power, but you know, it's going to appreciate. You're gonna you're gonna about. stay
1: ahead of the declining value of the dollar by yes. owning hard assets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the rents are gonna rise too. And if you have th- Thirty-year fixed mortgages on all these, your mortgage payment stays the same. Sure, some of your other expenses go up, but your rents keep rising. Mm-hmm. And so, like year ten, the cash flow on it is silly. And then that's what I experienced through two thousand. The houses I bought in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, is the rents went up.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. I'm I'm really glad you're on today because. We are always looking at growth markets like the Southeast, Florida, Texas, well, you know, uh, Georgia, the Carolinas. These are areas where there's massive growth, but the Midwest isn't really experiencing that kind of growth. So we've always said, go to the Midwest for cash flow, go to the Southeast for for appreciation. So I wanted to talk to you and say, well, what do you do when you're in a cash flow market and now prices are up and interest rates are up and the cash flow is not really There, but you're not an appreciating market. You're you're in a cash flow market, but you don't have cash flow. So I think you just answered it. But but again, how would you answer that?
0: I'd say, you know, we don't we are not the great thing about the Midwest is like we're gonna go up, but we're not gonna go up like Florida. But we also are not gonna go down. Like what I've always the way I've always sold St. Louis is I love it because it's exceptionally mediocre. The highs (laughs) aren't that high and the lows aren't that low. But what you can bet on is the house will appreciate to keep up with inflation. The rent will appreciate to keep up with inflation. If you buy the house with 30-year fixed leverage, it's the best investment on earth because you have basically no risk. And the taxes will stay somewhat not ridiculous. And you got one tenant paying down your mortgage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my recommendation has always been to people. Many of our listeners, many of our members at Real Wealth are from high-priced markets like California and New York. And if they can just sell one property that has appreciated, appreciated enormously, you know, if they bought something ten years ago for three or four hundred thousand dollars, it's worth a million today easily. So, yeah. so they can take that and go to a a, a market and buy five properties. From that one, and now they're more diversified. If they have a vacancy, they've got four other properties that are rented. Yeah. Uh, you know, if something happens to one property, they've got the the four others. So it's just a it's a really solid way to to diversify and increase your cash flow.
0: Yeah, and like when I say it's like year one cash flow is it's a few points down from where it used to be. It's like over the course of ten years, who cares? And the other thing is, if you're buying now, you're buying the price leveling. Because, like, I I'm not I I hate predicting, but I don't see a a scenario where prices drop massively. Maybe in some of the overpriced markets on the coast, but who cares what the interest rate is right now? We all know the interest rate will go below six at one point, right? Yeah. So you just refi out at that
1: point. Exactly. What What interest rate were you
0: paying when you first started? Six. Six and a half. Yeah. You want to hear a funny story? Yeah. I started buying when I was in the military in 2006. And like, I would deploy, I would not spend any money because I was deployed and not pay any taxes because I was deployed. I'd send my money back to my mom and brother who had just read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I, and I distinctly remember my mother saying, interest rates are at 6%. It'll never be this good. We have to buy everything. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's amazing. I remember my dad was so excited when he got to refi out of the double digits and get a 9% interest rate. He was... Beyond thrill. And then a few years later, he got to refi again because it went down to seven and a half percent. That's when Rich and I started. And we were so excited because we knew he'd been paying double digit interest yeah. rates for so long. And, uh, you know, of course, every year after. I, I'm with you. I think, I think rates are going to eventually go back down because the Fed is trying to slow down the economy and in doing and so. Thank God. Yeah. Thank goodness. It's so red hot. Two jobs for every one American. (laughs) So it's an, it's a new game, but uh, I really appreciate you saying how you got into real estate. So you were in the military. When did you start investing? It was because your family was, had read Rich Dad Poor Dad?
0: No, I, well, they read it and then they sent it over to me. So I was like in the middle of of Iraq reading it. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. We (laughs) got to do this. And then what? Uh, Then we bought, I would, every time every every year and this is the other thing what i tell people is like buy two houses a year for 10 years and you're set so i started buying in 2006 by 2016 i quit my job and could, was able to go into real estate full time nice because wow. when you have appreciation cash flow leverage and taxes on your side it's almost ine- inevitable that and all you really need is two houses a year for 10 years
1: well, that's a really great story because you bought—if you started in two thousand and six, you bought at the peak. Then you went through one of the greatest housing recessions. Then you went through one of the biggest rebounds. Although, of course, the COVID rebound was even bigger. And you were still in that time period of buying at the peak, going through a recession. You still, after ten years, were able to retire. That's incredible.
0: Well, not retire, but start—not start, not, not well, have start to work. yeah,
1: be full-time yeah. real estate, yeah,
0: yeah. I- it's just, I love real estate because you win in four ways. Like the stock market is so boring to me. You buy low and sell high. Like that's like football before they invented the forward pass. You would just have eleven guys line up next to each other and bang their heads together and only run the football. Like it's so boring. <laughs> so I
1: I imagine people aren't feeling really bored today. It's been well, quite a I ride. Don't, see,
0: I haven't had any money in the stock market in like what year is it? for like 15 years. So I have no idea. The other, you know, the other great thing about real estate is the peace of mind. Like I don't watch that stuff. Yeah. What happened today?
1: Well, no, we just, Rich and I don't generally invest in the stock market, but in uh, 2020, when it tanked, we're like, okay, this yeah, might it's be a good time. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we did, but, um, but no, it's just been all over the board for the last few uh, month uh which yeah. which is terrifying for people to watch their retirement savings change by as much as 30 percent in a month well, it's, it's not terrifying. it's not
0: retirement savings it's retirement speculating mm, that's, you're not yeah. saving like saving means you like put the money away and you keep it liquid mm-hmm. there and you the, can't yeah you're buying low and you're selling high that the technical definition of that is speculation Hmm. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, you're again a good example. You you bought at the peak in 2006, and you weren't buying or selling. It was a, it. was an asset that cash flows.
0: The technical definition of investing is departing with capital for a certain amount of time to get a rate of return, generally in rents, dividends, or interest. And ah. The definition of investing has nothing to do about the value of the underlying asset. Of course, you'd like it to go up. Yeah. But like. As everybody saw in the crash, rents went up. So who cares if you're underwater on your rental if you had 30-year fixed mortgage if the tenant was paying the rent?
1: Yeah, that's one thing I've I've really noticed with so many people in multifamily. Not that I have anything against multifamily, but I've noticed that it's really been for a lot of people more of a speculative game of uh, flipping apartments as opposed to are you really holding this investment for the cash flow? I don't know if you've yeah, you. Yeah, because you get
0: paid on the waterfall.
1: Yeah,
0: on every like, I like where I came up with this thirty percent IRR is like I learned from my multifamily buddies. They sell on IRR. They don't sell on year one cash flow.
1: It is. It's a yeah. You got to look at the whole thing. I, I've been wanting to put together a, a pro forma, and if you or anyone listening can do this for me, uh, that can where you can put your entire portfolio into a spreadsheet and look at where it will be after ten years with the loan paydown, with the tax benefits. Uh, with the appreciation and see, I had sort of a rudimentary one many years ago. And I would show people if you buy, like you said, you know, two properties a year, but I I was saying up to 10, if you can just acquire 10 properties, um, look what, look where you'll be in 10 years. And it was mind boggling. Uh, But I I haven't come up with that. So again, if you have that, or if anyone listening, I want that spreadsheet so people can really see how it grows over time. I think a lot of people have what I should uh, these days, but I think the general the general should have is I should have bought more. I should have bought more.
0: And, and you asked and about I'm... interest rate on my rentals. Like I bought I bought 150 of my personal rentals on private money at
1: 10%. Wow.
0: And like I have a few million dollars of equity now. And then I just refied into commercial loans. And before the interest rates raised, I was going to refi into 30 year non QM loans, but then I, I missed the boat on that.
1: I know I did too. I did too. Sometimes you get so busy, you forget about your own portfolio. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Jimmy, it's been really a pleasure to have you here on The Real Wealth Show. And um, any last tips? I mean, you've given so many, uh, but any last tips you'd give to people who are waiting for prices to go down before they buy?
0: Here's what I'll leave everybody with. There's one thing you have to do to be known as a genius real estate investor. Do you know what it is? do it do it for 10 years
1: do it for 10 years
0: (laughs) i've never met anybody who's owned real estate for over 10 years who doesn't look like a genius
1: who who wish they hadn't yeah yeah there's yeah that's right
0: or just doesn't look like a genius like i made every mistake i forgot about houses i own but since i've owned them for 10 years i look like a genius
1: (laughs) very good I appreciate it. Well, I think there's a lot of listeners who are looking forward to to uh, the genius level in ten years. So thank you.
0: Two a year for ten years. <laughs> I mean, do you think prices are going down? I think in the on the East no. Coast, I think they're going to level.
1: No, I don't even think on the coasts. I mean, it, it depends, but we're just in the outskirts of LA, and I you know I helped my daughter buy a ridiculously expensive house. She did it by herself. I just helped her find it. Uh, but she she had money in another house but anyway uh those, those she paid way too much and I, and it was scary for everyone it was like 1.1 million she's only 29 years old but that's that's what the prices are and it was a really scary time but i said the same thing look you know the the payment is the same as you would pay in rent so you're going to live here for what five years so think about five years from now you know you rents are going to be higher and anyway in just a month the house went up a hundred thousand dollars and rents the the worst part is that rents around are are a thousand or two thousand more a month than her locked in payment so it's very very sad for people who are renting that that was my main concern is like oh my gosh if you're renting your primary residence you have no security you do not know if how how bad rents are going to get and how if there's even going to be interest is
0: all tax deductible right
1: or even if there's going to be anything for you to rent. So yeah. that's, that's the concern. That's why I'm constantly telling people we are, we have a very, very strange situation where we've got a massive demographic buying and uh, just a dearth of properties. They're just not there. So I, uh, you know, I was like, whatever it takes, honey, buy this house. Also I had alternate. <laughs> yeah. I had my personal motives because uh, she's 30 minutes away and I wanted her near me and uh, and the grandbaby, but, uh, but you know, I, I also just didn't want her necessarily moving home, and um, and and wanted to make sure she had a place to live. Like it, it is concerning. So that that's from from a caring perspective. I just whatever it takes, people just get into ownership sooner than later.
0: And I, you know, the other thing I'm going to leave you with, is, or the audience with, is like the asset never fails; it's the borrower's liquidity that fails. Yes. So you got to have the other thing I'm saying, sure buy more houses but keep more reserve around.
1: Absolutely. That's I I hear some people say they're going to put 30% down for safety. I'm like no. No, don't 20, put
0: more money down, keep it liquid, reserve. Keep it
1: liquid. That's how you find safety. People think they're going to put more money down and be safer. No, 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 no. You need liquid reserves. Put 20% down, put the other 10% you were going to put down in the savings account so that you're prepared if anything goes wrong. 100% Anyways.
0: Was that your experience? It's like the borrowers in 08, the people who failed in 08 didn't have the reserve to cover the mortgage payments when things got tight.
1: That's it. That's it. That's
0: 100%. There's nothing wrong with the asset. The asset doubled in value. Yeah. And stayed rented for the most part.
1: Many of those homes stayed rented. Yeah. Yeah. All right Jimmy well this has been wonderful i really appreciate the uh, reminder because i do ask myself sometimes so i am looking at that first year performer going wow but you're absolutely right that 5 years from now maybe even a year from now definitely 10 years from now and for sure 20 years from now you'll be looking back going i cared about $2500 closing costs or
0: it's like or, <laughs> it's like having I'm gonna... a kid and looking at their numbers their first year of life like yeah nobody's concerned about that
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, literally, I look at the the deals I passed in Austin where I could have bought houses for nothing, but it was like, oh, I can get it's just not good enough cash flow. I can get better cash flow elsewhere. You know, it is a fifty dollar difference. Come on, come on. Those prices have tripled, not if not quadrupled since then. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on the Real Well show. And now that I know that you work out to the Real Well show, I'll make sure we have some good music or something in the background. I don't know. Nice.
0: Pop up music. <laughs>
1: All right. Good. Well, thank you. Good to see you. I hope to see you around soon. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. If you'd like to know how to contact Jimmy and any of the other 15 property providers in our network, just go to realwealthshow.com. Once you're there, you can talk to one of our very experienced investment counselors or get access to market data on some of the areas where we really think there's a great chance of appreciation. And cash flow on the way. It's free to join. Just go to realwealthshow.com.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.